This is Roger Green, host of the Surfing the National Tsunami podcast. This weekend, we're offering five conversations from episode 20, our discussion with Donna Cryer about the challenges for patient advocates and, for that matter, all key stakeholders as the issues become more urgent, complex, and practical. Plus, from the vault, conversation 46.5 from season three, the wrap-up conversation from last summer's NAFLD Summit coverage. This conversation starts with Donna Cryer calling for two specific points of action around nomenclature. One, bringing together individuals with a diverse set of skills necessary to execute impact reports and awaiting that impact report and its results before moving forward with the name change. Two, more broadly than just nomenclature, deciding what the role of the patient advocacy community should be inside the tent. As Donna notes, there will be a patient advocacy community. The question is whether the medical societies prefer that these advocates work from inside the process or lobby from outside. If they are inside the tent, the rest of the stakeholders should provide sufficient support and resources to make sure they develop the requisite skills to advocate effectively and are effective in deploying them and then need to be sure that they will listen, if not always agree. After this, I turn to ask Jörn Schottenberg what he considers realistic as we move ahead. He points out we've come a long way. We define the patient with severe liver disease. We're on the path to approval of medicine that will produce positive outcomes. This positive energy has allowed hepatologists to reach out to other specialties and motivate them to identify and refer patients with potentially serious liver disease. Donna agrees with Jorn that we've made progress in these areas, and I note that as we make progress, the issues get more complicated. As the conversation winds down, I ask Donna what is next for GLI and other advocates. She says they're continuing to organize, to advocate for what patients need, and that nomenclature has become an integrating event for the different patient advocate groups to work even more closely together. The last two episodes of Surfing the Next Tsunami, episodes 19 and 20 in season four, have looked at patient and advocate reactions to two major events happening in fatty liver space today. Together, they paint a fairly complete picture of the excitements and frustrations the advocate community faces today. As I said last week, progress is a long journey, so let's all keep pushing. And while you do so, listen, sit back, enjoy, learn. And when you're done, join the discussion in our LinkedIn discussion group. Donna Cryer. My call to action is to do two things. Specifically around nomenclature, my request and my recommendation is to bring in different disciplines who understand how to do impact reports. And we move forward with compiling, doing that report before we keep rolling through with the introduction and socialization of a name change period. On the the larger issue of how can you have an, an advocacy community, if you want one, you may not want one. If you want an advocacy community that can meet the needs of the myriad challenges we have in the liver field that we have now enlarged to really be talking about a very broad concept of liver health that is much more inclusive, then everyone has a stake in helping to make sure they are referring patients for training our advanced advocacy academy, that they are supporting in some form or fashion the scaling of GLI and other effective advocacy organizations. I don't claim to have the only one to get big enough and strong enough and solid enough that we can be effective on behalf of the community and the roles that we can fill. Roger Green. So... You're, an, as a guy of incredible breadth of vision and a real desire to do the right thing, and as a guy who's just nodding while Donna was saying all that, from where you sit... Jörn Schottenberg. What if, wanting to do the right thing is not always uh, the best uh, result. I have to tell uh, you, please not, not, Jorn, not wanting to do the right thing but is automatically know, my, a disaster. You know, my husband is a research scientist, and when we first got married 18 years ago, he was appalled at how I shipped it. He was appalled at some things I would come in from saying for this. After he had spent a few, surg- few surgeries later, you know, I'm sort of pulling him off 
helpful edge. I'm like, well, you have to understand. And, you know, it'll be right. It takes time to do. And and so this initial reaction to seeing just me, I know, in more than second gear is something that I'm used to. It'll be okay as we continue to work together and, and you see the world a little bit more from my <laughs> point of view. You'll, you'll, you'll come over here too. <laughs> So, yeah, Donna, so my question is going to be sitting where we sit today. You are in, well, sitting where you sit today talking about what we're talking about. What's realistic? I think on so many ways, we've channels, we've come a long way. We have across a number of societies defined what we think is a severe patient with an unfavorable outcome in terms of liver disease. And we have therapies down the pipeline to treat those patients much more. The other day I had a, I had a call and they were asking me, how far did we come? Can we implement this? You know, how, how can we? I think we've now scientifically maybe not the perfect tests, maybe not, you know, 100% on everything, but we're much more advanced in as a field to define which patients we want to see as hepatologists, how do we want to treat them? This will be answered soon. And then how we want to fo- follow them up. And I think that positive energy, bringing it to our colleagues, cardiologists, primary care physicians, endocrinologists will let them realize that there is relevant liver disease in some of their patients and they will refer these patients. So I think we're, we're in a much broader, much more advanced. I, I do hear the risk of the discussions around, you know, the ISA reports and nomenclature detouring us on these advancements. And and, that, and that's a risk. I, I think that's also what Donna, I don't, I can't put words in your mouth, but I think we are afraid of losing some of the progress we've made. Also, some of the buy-in we've got from certain stakeholders. And I think that's a risk, but this field's been driven, the development has been driving the field. So I think we're in a much better shape than we used to when we started this. So, uh, Donna, yes, no, maybe so. We have made progress. Many of the actions of the past several years um, has made the job of advocacy harder, not easier, but we will prevail. Yeah, I think those two statements really sum it up. We're now trying to do things that are a lot harder than the things we were trying to do in the first place, right? I mean, it's 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 when nobody is viewing the situation holistically, there are easy steps you can take, and then the more steps you take, the harder it gets. Let me give you an example. Um, I think four years ago, I was able to publish a monocentric study uh, in in patients I enrolled, right? So these days, if I submit to a journal, I need five centers from like three continents to be able to get the buy-in of the reviewers to do this. That shows me we have generated so much more data and uh, just the, at the level the scientific momentum has uh, increased, uh, it's been just incredible in this field, I think. And hepatology has seen some of those examples. Uh, and uh, it's uh, from the scientific academic perspective, really uh, great to be working in this. Donna, you sound more like Larry Kramer all the time. You know that, right? Well, you know, sometimes you get what you ask for. You and I have had the experience of what happens when people realize what they ask for. So from where you sit, where does this go next? And then I'm going to ask Louise and you and myself the same question. So we are not deterred by whatever nonsense would happen in Chicago. Uh, we were focused on track just as, you know, patients have been throughout this year. They're working very, very closely together uh, in our sort of national regulatory and HTA boot camp as we march towards an FDA hearing. So we will continue to do that. We will continue to communicate so that the surround sound of it is. And then whatever the outcome is of you know the, uh, the May meeting, we will continue either way. I think this has been, if anything, a, just a crystallizing moment for the NASH patient advocates to come together even more closely with a common purpose.
purpose and the way that we have been working together and blending our very different talents and life experiences and approaches to this in one working unit has been in many ways the most fun that this lawyer has ever had. So um, civil can you continue to do Anytime that? Anytime I hear lawyer and fun in the same sentence, I worry that either something really good or something really bad is about to happen. I just haven't decided which one depends on the lawyer in the moment. And now back to Roger. We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please put them in the review section of the page from which you downloaded this conversation or send an email to questions at surfingnash.com. Next week, Easel Vice Secretary Alexander Krag and Education Counselor Sven Franke will be joining us to begin our preview of the 2023 Easel Congress. Should be fascinating. Should be fun. So until then, stay safe, surf on. We'll see you on the podcast. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye now.